we planned on four and got five. Oh, there so you go. That we had our girl and our two boys, uh-huh. and we wanted a baby girl to finish things up. It'd be very symmetrical, and we got two more boys. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, we got a, a girl who's on our side. She's our parent. She's the third parent of our house. Sure. And then we have four boys who destroy all things peaceful and clean uh, <laughs> at, at any opportunity they can. Uh, so twin boys after three kids oh was. My gosh. Oh it my was gosh. we were like brand new parents again yeah. Uh, we, yeah and people say to us they'll say i always wanted twins i'm like oh did you yeah um, <laughs> that's cute i'll tell i and I, I i tell my students this too i'll say listen if you ever want twins you remember my description twins it's three in the morning my wife's holding a baby i'm holding a baby and all four of us are crying yeah uh, because it's just so tiring oh my gosh What do I say at the start of a Hank Smith episode of The Cultural Hall? Let me say, first of all, uh, to all of you that are listening for the first time, thank you so much. Uh, My name is Richie. I have been doing this for about 10 years. We are the most prolific show available in podcast form that talks about The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, We are a positive. We're a safe place. Now, we talk about some challenging things with some of our guests, some of the news stories that we share in our weekly Articles of News episodes. I mean, they're not so great because guess what? Sometimes people don't behave very great. Uh, But uh, we are, if we can use the wink and the nudge, we are the card-carrying kind of folks here. And we just like to talk about all things that you would, of course, talk about in the cultural hall. And uh, this talk with Hank is no different than that. Uh, You may be listening to this uh, as you get into the interview and you go, "Do, do these guys know each other? No, I've never met Hank in real life. Uh, We did this over the Zoom, so if there's any technical difficulties, blame COVID. And also, it was recorded a little bit ago. Uh, Hank and I, both busy people, we had to take it and do it when we could. And I could think of no better time than to release this on the 24th of July, celebrating our pioneer heritage with a couple guys that didn't talk a single bit about pioneers in the episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed this episode of The Cultural Hall. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. You know, murder hornets I thought was the sign of the apocalypse, but no, we finally got Hank Smith. That's right, Henry Smith himself here in The Cultural Hall. Yeah. Sir, how long have we been trying to do this since before Al Gore invented the internet? Thank right. you so much it's, for finally being here. I, I think we talked about this when I graduated from high school back right? in the 1900s. Yes. And, uh, Past <laughs> millennia. Ever since. Uh, it, it's great to it have you. It took a global pandemic, but <laughs> we finally got it. And you say that sort of jokingly, but it really did. Hank is such a busy guy that it took the world slowing down, nay, even stopping for him to have enough time to spend uh, this episode with us here in the Cultural Hall. So really, from uh, the bottom of my heart, which is a cold, dead, dark place, I, I appreciate you being here in the Cultural Hall. Okay, well, I'm, I'm grateful to be here with that introduction. I mean, Well, I mean, I... you are the Duke of Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Twitter. Um, I, do enjoy, I do enjoy Twitter too much, yeah, too much. Uh, I mean, next to maybe Greg Rubel, Voice of the Cougars, you guys have a neck and neck as to who tweets more of their life constantly. His obviously sports related, but yep. I, I mean, I, don't, I, I haven't checked, but you're in the tens of thousands of tweets. Yes, I, I, especially over quarantine. I think I doubled 
the amount of tweets. In the first two weeks of quarantine, I people are like, why are you getting nothing done? I'm like, ah, I'm on Twitter. I can't stop. But I've since t- held back. And I, I don't know. There's something about quarantine and Twitter that just they 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 lock together so nicely. And uh, I couldn't stop. I just I was reading and tweeting all day long. But. Are, do you find yourself mostly, mostly doing like news things or you're trying to entertain people in a step by step thing? Or, or what's your what's your attraction to it, do you think? Um, I, I, for me, I love Twitter because I can, um, I feel like I can be more of myself on Twitter, <laughs> you know, on Instagram, I have to be perfect and, sure. on, uh, and on Facebook, I have to be appropriate. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Twitter, you know, uh, like I, I think Facebook is let's all meet up for pizza. And then Instagram is look at my pizza. Uh-huh. Right. And Twitter's just, I like pizza. Yeah. Right? Like who else like pizza? Yeah. Like, I like pizza too. You know, so and you're, and and you're there's like, always, there's always people like that offends me that you like pizza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Pineapple. That's not a pizza. That's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they got to message me and tell me they're, you know, how terrible it is that I like pizza. That's Twitter. Well, and people often change their mind from just a direct message on Twitter. If people want to follow you, it's Hank R. Smith. Are you a Henry or were you born a Hank? Well, it's an odd story. It really is. Um, so my grandfather's name was Henry, mm-hmm. but everyone called him Hank. And that's exactly what my dad wanted. So he named me Henry, but put Hank in quotations on my birth certificate. Hmm. So it's actually Henry Hank Smith. So no uh, middle name, only no, Hank. No, I have middle name, Ryan, but I, I, I never use that because I've got these two first names I've had to deal with my entire life. It's a curse. It really is. I'm when I try to get a driver's license, they're like, what is this? Yeah. Right. When I try to get your, <laughs> your, to get a- your burden is heavy. Hank. Yes. I, yeah. I'm like, dad, <laughs> why did you do this to me? Are you Henry or Hank? And it's explaining people, you know, well, it's on, it's both of them. Why is it both of them? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Here's my dad's number. Dad like, called yeah. dad. Uh, <laughs> have, have you ever been a Henry? Um, no, i my wife calls me Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just to spite my father, uh, yeah. but <laughs> just because she's like, whenever whenever he's around, she's like, Henry. And he's like, that's not what I intended, right? <laughs> I put in quotations. Hey. Yes, it was supposed to be this way. Uh, but she's the only one, I think, that calls me Henry. So if people don't, If people don't follow you on Twitter, they also would know you because you've authored many books. You're a professor at the Lord's University. Yeah, I do teach at BYU and I have written a few books. They've sold dozens of copies, yeah. mostly to my mostly my mother <laughs> but well and don't uh, forget you self-purchased for christmas gifts because nothing yes, says yes, love I, like giving yeah. something you've authored yeah, yeah. uh el- white elephant gifts they're <laughs> the perfect thing especially when you can find them at the di if you can yeah. find your own books at the di i can get them cheaper at the di than i can buy them for sure you know? sure <laughs> uh and, and you do a, a series of speaking engagements right you do you've done time out for women's and yeah done time out for women things. um i'm in a group right now called uh uh, jumping turtle or our turtle house with John, by the way. So I do a lot of that. Um, and, uh, lots of, you know, just steak and board firesides. And, you know, that's kind of been a really big blessing for me to be able to do that. And it is, let me get into that a little bit. Um, because if, if you live anywhere in the intermountain West, I feel like you see a lot of that. We call it the fireside circuit, right? Hank's working the fireside circuit, Uh, but you probably go internationally. Is there actually money to be made or is it blessings laid up in heaven? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's no money for speaking for church units. Um, The handbook says, you know, church handbook says, you know, we don't, we don't pay speakers. So uh, it's a, it's a difficult thing to manage when someone says, Hey, you want to come out to, you know, Tennessee and come speak. And I'm thinking, wow. 
So I do actually a lot of school assemblies and that makes it uh, so I can go out there. Right. Okay. So I'll, I'll say, Hey, I would love to come out, but you know, I, uh, my kid's orthodontist doesn't take blessings for right. payment. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so we're, we'll pay you in exposure bucks. And you're like, cool. I yeah. tried to play my, pay my mortgage in exposure bucks, but right, yeah, <laughs> silly, they really, wanted dollars. And I, I, I would totally do it. If I was a multimillionaire, I would just, you know, I'd pay my own way and mm -hmm. I'd just go around and speak for everyone who invited me. I would, I would actually really enjoy that. But, uh, so usually if I can set something up with a corporation or uh, a school, because yeah. I do a lot of those, that's about half of what I do. Uh, then a fireside can easily be tagged onto that. Right. Uh, but occasionally I'll try to just, I'll just go out for the fireside. Uh, and you know, uh, my, as long as I limit that, my wife's, she's good with it. Does, right? does your wife do the other part of the, uh, like when you go and speak, is it uh, brother and sister Smith? And everyone's like, all right, let's get sister Smith over with. We want to hear Hank now. Right. Or, yeah, no, or are she, you like, nah, don't even bother. She is not interested in the slightest. So we have five kids now. Oh my gosh. Uh, so she, they are here. Um, and very busy. I'll occasionally take um, my oldest with me, my two oldest. So I have a 16-year-old daughter uh -huh. and a 13-year-old son. And I'll occasionally take them with me. They love it, right? They'll they'll eat it up. Uh, so yeah, it's it's turned out to be pretty fun. I've uh, spoken to uh, most every state, I think, uh, in the country. I I, think I, so. I, I know that your colleagues with um, the newly appointed uh, Brad Wilcox, are you at- you Yeah, have, yeah you Brad have, and I are good friends. Yeah, he, we're close. Our, our offices at BYU are- next door to each other so well used to be yeah well yeah well he'll still be at BYU he'll oh, still really? teach at BYU yeah so uh it'll be a he'll have two full-time jobs <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah so he'll still teach at BYU I'm sure he'll have a reduced class load I, I haven't asked him but I I'm certain he will you know, uh, and then he'll go up to Salt Lake. It's an interesting thing working at BYU because a lot of people that, I mean, I work at BYU as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that you sort of work around, like it's sort of odd. And tell me if you've experienced this same, same thing as well. I mean, there's just BYU and it's oddness as far as that goes. Right. <laughs> but, but like um, knowing that like the president of the university may very well be an apostle or at very least a 70 at some point, right? So you sort of have this, kind of different interaction with them or yeah. like, or especially in the religion department, right? In the yeah. religion department. In fact, uh, I think it was maybe a year, year and a half ago that elder Holland just stopped by a faculty meeting. Uh, he, he stopped by kind of, you know, he didn't want to come as a general authority, wanted to come as a former faculty member, he said. So there yeah. wasn't a big hoopla, you know, he just, he just came to faculty meeting and chatted with us. So yeah, that, stuff like that is a treat, but yeah. it is kind of like, wow. Um, the strangest thing about that is, is when Elder Holland comes to your meeting, it's literally the best meeting ever. And it doesn't matter what he talks about. It's like the most distinguished just, thing that you've heard for forever. And you're like, yeah, sure. We did all those other things. But did you remember what Elder Holland said in that meeting? Exactly right. It was exactly. I mean, I still remember it. I, it was he, he sat on the table, you know, <laughs> kind of dangling his legs over the edge of the table and just kind of told us what he thought. Uh, as the former, he was Dean of religion, you know, for two years. Uh, and it was, it was neat. Yeah. Right. It was fun to be in, in that room and just have him be, he was very casual and fun. Why did, what made you want to be a religion professor? That sounds. Oh, taxing, I, don't know. I, guess. I don't know. I, I think the other religion professors look at me going, what made him, how did he get here? Yeah. Right. I, I imagine people will look at me the same way in the celestial kingdom. Right. Uh, like, 
really? Coat, wife coattails, what? guys. Wife coattails. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. Like, did he get a free out? Are you visiting? Yeah. So um, I thought we couldn't no, visit I, up. I thought we could only visit down. Hank. <laughs> so uh, this is the cultural hall. You know, this isn't the gospel doctrine podcast. Sure. So we can do cultural hall stuff. So um, how did it even start? I, uh, I, I had no intention of doing this. I was an EFY counselor back in the 1900s. And um, uh, one of the guys I worked with said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going, I think he was having back surgery or something. He was going to be out for two weeks. He was a seminary teacher. And he said, um, will you come and teach my class? And I thought, oh, you know, two weeks, that's a long time. And he said, they pay you. And I was like, wait, what? They pay you to do that? <laughs> and so I taught his class for two weeks. I had a great experience. And um, from there, uh, they offered me a part-time job just teaching during college. Mm -hmm. So I was in college and I was, you know, teaching two seminary classes and I was really enjoying it. Never really, you know, knew much about it before that. Uh, and then two years later, they asked me to stay on full time. Uh, and by that time, you know, I, I, I loved it. I was married and, uh, I felt like I sorry, I kind of bait and switched my wife. Right. Because she was in, you know, when I, when I was in school, I was like, I'm a business major. I'm right, gonna... <laughs> right, right. She's, see, she's seeing dollars and cents, and yeah, then she sees gonna no dollars and nonsense. And by the time my, my two-year part-time job was over, I said, hey, I really like this, you know, and she she liked it too. So we, um, I did that for, I think, 10, 12 years. Uh, and during that time, I got a master's degree and a doctorate. Um, and uh, then I, there's a position at BYU for seminary and institute teachers called um, rotation hmm. uh, because our numbers go up and down, but we don't want to hire, you know, new people and not, not have use for them. So sometimes we borrow seminary teachers or institute teachers mm -hmm. to come teach at BYU for one to two years. Uh, and I was one of those. And so when I got to BYU, I really loved the environment. I really loved the students. I loved the, you know, I teach really big classes, about 250 kids each. Jeez. And yeah. And I really just enjoyed the energy from it. So when a position opened up there and they, you know, they, uh, they said, Hey, we'd love for you to apply. And I did, and I got it. So that was, uh, I started there in 2010 as a rotation teacher, but it didn't get ended up hired on faculty till 2016. Hmm. What do you so, think about the mandate to you know, BYU requires for people who don't know, you have to take religious courses while you go there. Yeah. Obviously, the private institution, they can do what they want. But there are some people who are going to BYU because, you know, mom went there, grandma right. went there, and they don't have necessarily any interest in the religion. They're just sort of following suit because they know it's a great education. Family tradition. Mom and dad will pay for it if I go to BYU. Right, 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 right. So they go, but it's mandated. It, there's something to me about it that, like, I feel like 97% of the time we're really good about agency things. And then 3% of the time it's Sometimes like, no, you, you don't have agency it. in that. You will do this thing. Yeah. I think uh, part of it is, uh, I think what you said is, uh, you know, that you look who owns the university and mm -hmm. funds the university. Uh, and um, they're saying, well, listen, if we are going to donate, I think, I think uh, church educational system is the second largest expenditure of the church. Right? The first is mm -hmm. meeting houses and temples. Uh, and the second is, is BYU and Seminary and Institute. Uh, so it's a huge amount of resources. Um, and uh, I think with all those resources come some expectations, right? Uh, and uh, so I think the the idea of the religion credits, it is basically a minor. Yeah. Uh, at any other college, if you're going to take 14 credits of one subject, that's a minor. Uh, so they almost everybody minors in religion, mm -hmm. right, at BYU. 
Uh, for the most part, the students are pretty good about it. I, yeah. I rarely hear uh, students complain um, too much about it. It's just when sometimes, uh, you know, when when they say something like my religion class is the hardest class I have. Yeah. They're going, that's that's probably not what the vision is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to make it so you have like PTSD with the scriptures because you're just trying to, you know, get a, get a B out of your yeah. religion class. Um, that's probably, I don't think what the vision was initially. Right. Right. Uh, I, I, in my opinion, uh, and I tell my students, this religion classes should be a blessing, sure. right? They shouldn't be a, they shouldn't be a curse. They should be a blessing of coming to BYU. It should be like something you say, I'm so glad I go to BYU because I get this opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it doesn't work that way for everyone. Uh, but I think for the majority uh, they feel pretty blessed to to have. There's some incredible teachers. I don't know how I got there, but there are some incredible teachers. In the well, religion. yeah, sure, sure. I mean, look past you to the other folks. I mean, I've had m- multiple of the religious professors at BYU here on the show, and people yeah, know yeah. how great they are. They're listening to this, and they're still sort of speculating, like, why we're spending the time, Hank. But it's fine. We'll redeem. Yeah. We'll redeem <laughs> yeah, it. At I, some I think. Point. Yeah, we'll I, <laughs> I think the the. I think you have to look at the uh, mission, probably at BYU. Right, the yeah. mission of BYU is really to create uh, conversion. Mm. Uh, in the student and then hopefully in, you know, in their influence. Uh, so I, I think, you know, college education is, is part of the vision as well, but I think it's actually lower on the vision statement from the church. The church says, Hey, we exist. BYU exists because it's different than other universities. So if we want to be the same as every other university, then why do we, why do we have this? Right? Like right. why, why are we, why do we have BYU? Why do we spend so much money on it? If, if we're just going to be, you know, a, a, a privately a Notre Dame mm-hmm. or a you know a Baylor or something like that which really doesn't have the religious push that it used to well and it's an interesting thing that I would be curious as to your perspective on it um, you know we always get the the kids these days they're leaving religion they're not as religious as their parents or even those that came in the years before have you seen that within um, the students that you've had in your religious classes um, I think over the, let's see, I first got to BYU in 2010 as a rotation teacher. So I've been there 10 years and I definitely think from day one to, to 10 years later, there's been a, a more of a change to more, um, not, not skeptical, but they're, they are much more likely to ask questions, um, than which is good. Students, it seems uh, to me. Oh yeah. Than, than my students 10 years ago, you know, if I teach, uh, if I'll teach Isaiah, right. If I'm teaching Isaiah, then uh, and I'll talk about second Isaiah and third Isaiah and they'll say, wait, I want to, I want to know more about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think maybe 10 years ago, it could have just been mentioned and they, whatever, right. I'm, I'm good. Just if it's not on the exam, I'm, I, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. What's on the test a, okay. And then it's a yeah, C yeah. got it. Perfect. Yeah, Let's get through that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I have more, uh, students asking questions, which I enjoy, mm-hmm. right. I, t- I always tell them uh, we don't fear questions. We don't sweep anything under the rug. We, I, I do not, I am not scared of any of your questions. So don't be scared to ask them and they'll, and they'll, they'll respond. They'll say, yeah, I, I do have a couple of questions. Um, BYU students for the most part, if you're going to come to BYU, I would say, and I, I have no numbers to back this up, but I would say, you know, 19 out of 20, 95 out of a hundred are they, they're there because they want to be there. Yeah. They're there because they want it to be different experience than other colleges. Uh, occasionally, you know, you have their, your small percentage that, like we talked about that are who aren't very interested in the whole vision of BYU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that happens. And I, I, 
you know, hopefully their time at BYU will be positive. At least I try to make so in my class, right? That even if you're kind of anti-church, anti-religion, you're still going to have a positive experience in my class. And I, uh, I think for the most part that happens, uh, there's always some that hate me. Um, do, do you feel like that, that um, it's a safe place for students to be able to ask questions? And I'm going to follow this up with, like, really? Um, yeah, uh, I think so. It depends on the teacher. Um, you know, like I have a, a good friend that teaches there named Tony Sweat. I don't know if you've ever I have Tony. Anthony Sweat. You bet. He's been here. Uh, Tony teaches a church history class. Uh, another guy, Casey Griffiths, teaches a church history class. And these guys are not afraid of any questions at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they actually dive into some of the most controversial things as part of their class, right? Mm-hmm. They, they teach this, this, this foundations of the restoration class. So they're kind of bringing it to the students where some students are going, whoa, I've what's going on, right? Yeah, I've never yeah. either never heard of that or I've never seen a teacher be that bold about, you know, these these topics. So, uh, and, and maybe, uh, you know, I haven't talked to anybody in particular who would be this way, but I can imagine if you've, if you're at the tail end of your career uh, and, you know, you've been at BYU for 40 years, um, that there might be an old, uh, an old like, well, we don't talk about that yeah. type attitude. And, and maybe that was, you know, maybe that was, where they started from back in, you know, 1980 something. And mm-hmm. I could see that happening. Uh, but I think for the most part, uh, as we've discussed it as a faculty, everybody's on board with, Hey, let's, let's well, be open. Let's ask, let's let the kids ask questions. Well, and like we've talked about here in the cultural hall with a lot of different people, you know, I don't think that we do ourselves any sort of service by not addressing those questions or I, being like, I, Hey, no, no, no. Yeah. We don't, we just don't talk about that because, if we don't talk about it, people won't find rest in it and they'll go until they find it. And if they don't find something that satisfies them, a lot of people, and again, no numbers to back that up, but I think a lot of those people are the people that are like, I couldn't come to grips with whatever I was trying to come to grips with. And so I'm out or I'm not as involved or until I can find an answer. And if we don't train them on how to be good researchers, Mm -hmm. uh, they'll end up, you can get the, the rug pulled out from under you because you don't have the, you don't have the foundation of being a good researcher, right? So mm-hmm. um, students often don't, they don't come out of high school knowing how to research, right? Very often. Uh, most of a uh, research paper is just, you know, find some quotes, put them together, add some stuff in between. Then and, two yeah. and a half space it instead of double space it. So yeah, you get that I, extra little bit and thir- I, size I, 13 font instead of 12. I got the, I got the bibliography right, which was kind of a big deal. I've never done one of those before. Uh, but what, what, what I'm trying to do, and I think what Tony and Casey and others in uh, BYU are trying to do is, is learn to be source critical. Mm-hmm. So not just finding a source, but then studying that source and say, okay, what is, where did this source come from? Uh, let me dig a little bit and see what this is. Because, you know, I, I, someone puts a quote on the internet, throws Brigham Young's name on it, puts a nice reference there, Journal of Discourses, volume, whatever. Uh, and I feel like I've done research, right? Right. Like, hey, I've, I've read a real quote from, now that's not, that's called pseudo research, right? You haven't done the research. You don't know the context of that quote. You don't know what, what was happening at the time. You don't know what was said before, what was said after. You need to go and actually read the whole, the source that this person is quoting from. So that's what we try to do is, I, I hope, is, is teach students how to be more source critical. Uh, in, in, you know, in any issue, any topic. 
Um, at least I try to do that. But. Let's take a break. When we come back in the second <coughs> block of the cultural hall, I want to get a little more source critical about your origins, Henry Smith. Uh, okay. So we'll do that coming back in the second block of the cultural hall. Hey, it's me, Richie T, and I want to talk to you about uh, Kimura Tours. Won't you join me on a church history tour? I would love to be your travel companion. Technically, it will be my wife, but you could be on the bus with us. This is part of our 2021. Yes, we're already talking about something like that uh, for next summer. It was uh, supposed to be this summer. In fact, it was supposed to be like a couple weeks from now. It's not. It has been postponed into 2021 so that church sites will be open. We'll be able to see the Hill Kimura in its final pageantry year and also be able to see Nauvoo as well. Would love for you to come with us. These seats are filling up fast, so please do not put it off. Uh, make sure you go to KimuraTours.org. Kimura, just like it sounds, or like the hill which we talk about in the church. Tours, just like it sounds, uh, only T-O-U-R-S. It's not tours, like we say here in Utah anyway. Uh, KimuraTours.org. Join us uh, and make sure you look for the Cultural Hall banner. We're going, of course, with the folks from Leading Saints, Kurt and the Kids. Uh, they'll be along with us as well, so make sure that you click on that tour, that you go on those dates uh, that way we can all be on the bus together. The website is KimuraTours.org. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, if you are not a Patreon subscriber, I ask you, what are you waiting for? I am one-third of the way talking with Hank Smith for crying out loud. We have had so many great episodes recently, uh, and it, this thing doesn't do itself for free, pal. Not Hank, pal. All you, pal. You, pals, <laughs> you collective pals that are listening. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash theculturalhall and you can pledge three, five, or ten dollars a month to be able to continue this greatness that you are listening to. And I make you this promise Hank will not see a, a single dollar that is donated. Patreon.com slash theculturalhall. <laughs> uh, all right, Hank. Uh, Smith, are you related? To Joseph? No. People ask me that often, you know. Um, and I say, well, you know, I think that we have similar gifts. Sure. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, so I have a great grandfather who um, joins the church in Ireland. His last name's McDonough. Mm -hmm. And uh, his family disowns him for joining the church. He gets off the boat. They ask him his name. And he's like, well, I, my family disowned me. So he just, he's like, I'm Smith. Hmm. Uh, and that he, he was the one, he, he caused my uncle a lot of trouble, you know, trying to find out where did you come from? Right. Right. So, right. Where did you come from? I got nothing behind you until he, uh, it was, it was, you know, I think in the nineties that my, one of my, my dad's brother figured it out. He's like, wait, that's not, that's our, that's, that's him. He got on the boat as a McDonough. He got off the boat as a Smith and he was able to do all the history. My uncle uh, changed his name to McDonough. Uh, but my dad said, I, I don't have time for that. Listen, right. here, here's the deal. Here's what I've learned already just in the short time we've been visiting. Your family has a really big name issue. So I'm not sure right. <laughs> between the Henry Hank and the McDonough Smith, like 
Listen, yeah. in this in the Stedman clan, we just have been Stedmans. That's I mean, it. And yeah. <laughs> until we weren't before that, we never have been like, hey, call me this and the other thing. It's always just yeah. been a solid name. So I mean Remember that old song about that guy Smith? I almost fit that. Like Hank Henry Ryan McDonough Smith. Like that's my name too. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I I have all the syllables that will fit that name. Great. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt will That's be stuck what it is. in yeah. my head the we'll rest of the day. Me. Yeah, you can sing it tonight to your kids. Henry Hank McDonough Smith. La, 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 la. <laughs> uh, you are from Utah? Question yeah, mark? born in, I was uh, actually born in Provo, about a hundred yards from where I work. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might. Yeah, when I get close to death, I'm just going to walk over there so I can kind of enter the world and exit the world about the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my dad's a golf professional. So when I was about five years old, I'm the youngest. Uh, he moved to St. George because St. George was blowing up as kind of the golf hotspot of Utah at mm-hmm. the time. It was the mid 80s. And I think it still is, right? If you're going to golf, go down to St. George, Mesquite, that area. So, uh, and that's where I grew up, graduate of Snow Canyon High School. I'm actually going to speak at their uh, virtual graduation uh, this week. And um, yeah, uh, I learned to, I, I learned to grow up in the heat. It was, you know. Serve a mission? 111. Yeah. Served a mission. Fresno, California. Okay. All right, man. Uh, you are ar- seeing we called the, it the armpit places. Of an- yeah. Um, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my, our mission president called it the Lord's Vineyard the missionaries called it the armpit of America. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we enjoyed it. We had a great time. There was Yosemite's in the mission. Oh, so it wasn't, cool. as, yeah, it wasn't as, what is it as, as armpitty as we, as, but we let me like ask it. you that because there, I mean, I think it certainly still exists for uh, missionaries that open the call and they get stateside. You're right. sort of, you have dreams, visions of grandeur, you know, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to open my call and there will be no city and country where right, the thing is, it'll call, call this number. number and President Hinckley will pick up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember being a little disappointed because I, I had friends going uh, to Hungary and friends going to England. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and uh, I, I didn't I didn't really want to go to a third world country. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really wanted to, you know, I, I, I actually wanted to be stateside. I think I just wanted to I wanted to learn Spanish or something. Mm. Uh, so you didn't I even think, get Spanish in Fresno? No, no, I, oh, I was Fresno English speaking. So yeah, I think that uh, first initial night, I was like, okay, well, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll grapple with this a little bit. Uh, but then uh, I think it grew on me really quickly, uh, and uh, you know, even by that night, I was getting excited. I was starting to feel like I wasn't home. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking man, this morning I woke up and I felt like I was at home. And now that I know where I'm going to go, I feel like that's home Hmm. and I want to get there, right? I want to get there. So uh, I think that was, that was probably a blessing. Uh, But I, you know, if a missionary gets something that's disappointing, um, I I remember one kid in my class, I have my students announce, you know, when they get a mission call in class and they'll raise their hand. I got a mission call. Who this, who I am, this is where I'm from. I got my mission call. And and one kid come up to me uh, and he, uh, he said, well, I didn't announce in class. And I said, why not? And he said, well, I'm just going to California. Hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, that's a cultural problem we have, right? Sure. That somehow, you know, the people, the souls of California are not, <laughs> are not as precious as the souls in, you know, England or Hungary. Um, so I, I've been trying to address that a little bit in my class, mm-hmm. uh, this idea of one, it doesn't, it makes absolutely no difference to the Lord right the lord's like it's a tiny planet anyway right so right <laughs> right where on the planet you go 
Um, or if you don't serve a mission, I've been trying to talk about that morning class. Uh, yeah. This idea of your, you know, your life is not, we do a great job of building up to the mission, right? We build up, we build up, we build up to the mission. But if something goes wrong, someone can't go, someone goes home early, someone chooses not to go. Um, we, we, they almost feel branded, right? That scarlet letter of mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to be able to sit in the Eagle's nest. Right. And so do I really belong? So in, you know, in a matter of years, someone who felt very comfortable in the church all of a sudden feels like uncomfortable in that same church. Uh, so that's something we've, we've, I think I, I personally believe we've got to do better uh, at making people feel there's no second class citizens in, in the church. Well, right. and it'll be an interesting thing uh, right on that subject with all of the missionaries who came home early due to Corona, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the church has gone to great lengths with pandemic specific to say, listen, stress not. Elder Uchtdorf yeah. did a whole talk that's just like, listen, you served. The whole idea was it would be anticipated either 18 months or 24 four months. But guess what? It didn't work out that way. And guess what? Doesn't matter. God You're loves great. you. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, when, before the quarantine, if a student came home early from their mission for any reason whatsoever, medical or whatever, um, and they'd say, well, what am I supposed to tell people? I said, nothing. It's it, it, when people say you serve a mission. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I served mm -hmm. a mission. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter how long you, I almost this, like, I want to put an asterisk next to my name, right? Mm -hmm. Like I served a mission, but you know, da, da, da. then they feel like they're being dishonest by saying I served a mission. It's, no, 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 no. You, you served a mission. Um, you served the mission. The Lord intended you to serve. Uh, you're good to go. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, and I think hopefully as people get older, they get more comfortable, right. With that idea, I can see, you know, just recent, really re recently returned, you might be a little bit uncomfortable, but man, if you're, if you're 35, 40, 50, and you're still thinking about that, uh, we, we're not doing a great job of, of, <laughs> of, of teaching what we believe, right. Yeah. Uh, we've got to, We've got to be able to move on from things. Yeah, it's been interesting as I've reflected. I mean, you hear within the church that we talk about, you know, if, so be if you should labor all your days and bring one soul. And oftentimes, like, I'm like, guess what? I don't know how many of those people that I taught are still going to church, right. but I know I am still. And that's probably the soul. That was probably that, I, the I soul really there. You're the one soul. Save it, bring one soul to me. That's you. Yeah. I, I'm 100% I'm with you. I, I absolutely believe that. He's You're the one soul that he wants to uh, that he wants to have back. Yeah. Right. Everybody's the one. How'd you con your wife into marrying you? Oh, goodness. Uh, man, she is a just a superb individual. She really is. Um, and uh, the the longer we're married, it'll be it was just 20 years. We had a beautiful 20 year trip planned and that got canceled. So. So, <coughs> instead, ended up so going... instead, did you make a passport and like, guess where we're going tonight, babe? Yep. The living room. We're going to the backyard. <laughs> right. So. Um, I, uh, I met Sarah when I got home off my mission. She, um, she was just a spectacular individual and I had to really work hard. She had a lot of boys who were very interested in her, uh, who were better than me. They mm -hmm. really were better than me. Uh, and some of them are listening to this going, I was. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah and I was going to disagree with you, but I believe it. So I, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, we dated a long time for uh, our our standards. How right? long? So uh, we were we probably dated about twenty months before oh, wow. we got engaged, which wow. is long for you know. Um, I think it was. Uh, I really I, I tell my students this. Um, 
I say, listen, you only get this chance once to be a, someone's, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, then their fiance, then, you know, then you're their spouse. And when you're their spouse, it's amazing. It's wonderful. Uh, but take advantage of these times you have together. Go, time is on your side, right? Go mm -hmm. nice and slow and get to know each other and enjoy this time period. Just because you know you're going to, you know, just because you know you're going to go to the movie after dinner doesn't mean you hurry through right. dinner, right? Right. Go take your time, enjoy it. Um, and so I think maybe I was a little too much, but <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, well, you know, I'm, my rent's low and I really enjoy eating yeah. at your family's house. And like, this is really working. And there's uh, like so. responsibilities when we yeah. do this for real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She always, she told me, she said, we, there was a couple who are friends with us. They met, got married and get met, got engaged, got married and got pregnant. And we were still dating. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, are you going to, are we going to move forward on this? So feel a little bit like the brother of Jared, you know, yeah. or you, you camp at the campsite and the Lord's a little bit like, Hey, we're going to move. Right. We're going to Hank. Move you're like, it's Henry. It's Henry. Yeah. If we're getting <laughs> serious here, he wasn't talking to me. <laughs> He's talking to some guy named Hank. I yeah. don't know. I'm going to need finger quotes in the sky that say Hank, if you want right. me to listen. <laughs> He uh, means me. All right. He means me now. I guess. And then five kids. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's... well, we planned on four and got five. Oh, there so you go. That we had our girl and our two boys uh -huh. and we wanted a baby girl to finish things up. It'd be very symmetrical. And we got two more boys. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. We got a, a girl who's on our side. She's our parent. She's the third parent of our house. Sure. And then we have four boys who destroy all things peaceful and clean uh, <laughs> at, at any opportunity they can so uh, twin boys after three kids oh was my gosh. Oh it my was gosh. It, we were like brand new parents again yeah, uh, we, yeah. It, and people say to us they'll say oh, i always wanted twins i'm like oh did you yeah um, <laughs> that's cute uh, i'll tell i and I, I i tell my students this too i'll say listen if you ever want twins you remember my description twins it's three in the morning my wife's holding a baby i'm holding a baby and all four of us are crying yeah uh, because it's just so tiring. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're so tired, I, but they are seven now. So we're in a nice sweet spot of life where we've got a 16 year old who's amazing. And then we've got a 13 year old, a 10 year old and two seven year olds. Yeah. Everybody can get in their own pajamas. Everybody can brush their teeth. It doesn't mean they will, but sure. everybody can brush their teeth. Uh, so we're in a nice little sweet spot where we got everybody at home and everybody's functioning. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's, uh, we can see that that window is going to come to an end with our daughter, you know, getting older here, but yeah. for right now, we're really enjoying this sweet spot. Yeah. As a parent of one child, I don't understand how people do more than one and, <laughs> and my kid's 22. So I don't ever even see him. And like, I just think about the time of him being a teenager and I'm like, I don't, I don't have time to do anything. I'm driving him here, waiting for him there, going here so that I can make money to pay for him to go there, which I'm going to have to drive him. I don't understand how people do it in multiples. Oh man. Five. Yeah. Uh, sometimes we're like, wow, we have a lot of kids. Uh, but you know, then I meet someone who's, you know, I met a kid the other day who was a, in a he was like 16 of 17. Yeah. I'm going, your, your parents are saints. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would function. I remember asking Sarah, I'm like, should we have another one? See if we can get that girl at the end. And she said, no, no, it's a mental <laughs> health issue at this point. Like, no, we, uh, it, the Lord sent all the rest with the last one. 
<laughs> he was like, everybody in, everybody in, because this is the end. Are we uh, doing this? We got yeah. <laughs> two more. All right, let's do it. Get down there. I told Sarah we should just keep going until we get a girl. And she's like, that's a dangerous game. Yeah, friend. no, you do not. You do not want to. Nah. Because then it's like, how, how many can we get in this Smith family? Well, other Smith families have had 11. Let's do that. Oh, man, that would be it would be wild. Uh, so it'll be fun to have these twins be the last two, I think. And uh, we'll go from a family of four and then they'll leave. Right. And we'll mm-hmm. be a family of two. So that'll be a little odd because I was the youngest. And uh, and I remember, um, you know, being it was just me and my parents right there. You know, my last three years, it was just me and my parents. Uh, and my siblings were always complaining. I never got to do that. I never got to. I never had that car. Yeah, I never cause, got Because at that, that point, your parents are just exhausted. They're just like, listen, just don't get anyone pregnant and don't get arrested. And that's fine. really what it was. Yeah. Don't die. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they were done. They were yeah. done. And they had a little bit of money, right? By the time your youngest child is is ready to leave for college, you if you've planned it right, you got a little bit of money. So we'd have better vacations. <laughs> I just told my siblings, you should have been born last. Like yeah. I, you know, it, it worked real. It worked out really well for me. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it works with these twins. It'll yeah. Be, uh, are they identical? Are they identical? Do they do the the identical stuff with twins? One hundred percent identical. Uh, I you know for me, like I. I when people say, how do you tell them apart? I'm going, I just look at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even look like the same child to me. Uh, but uh, apparently to other people, it's just, you know, the primary can't tell them apart. And they love that in primary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they, and they're starting to figure out that little sarcasm, you know, of uh, we have they're they're funny named, actually. I wanted to name them Wycliffe and Tyndale after the English Bible uh <laughs> But my wife didn't go for that. Oh, no, she, she loved- didn't. That's surprising. Yeah. That's surprising. She didn't go for that. I'm, I love those. Names. I'm really surprised well, Sarah didn't go for Wincliffe yeah, and Tyndale. Yeah, she was like, yeah. no, we're yeah. not doing Wincliffe and Tyndale. But so when we were, we didn't know if it was twins. We'd said if it's a girl, it'll be Marley after her, um, after her mom. Uh, and uh, if it's a boy, it'll be Steel. Or sorry, it'll be Rockwell after Porter Rockwell. And I said, Sarah, don't you know, this guy's like a murderer. She uh-huh. said, I like him. So, um, so we got, we found out it was a, you know, a boy, obviously. So we thought, okay, Rockwell, but then we found out there's another boy and we thought, what are we going to do? Right. Uh, you can't have like Rockwell and, and, you know, George, right. Yeah, you, ha- you have Porter and, and Rockwell. Porter yeah, Rockwell that, 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 here. That, that was a thought like Porter and Rockwell. So we went, um, one day she came home and she said, I think I got it. I'm going to, I'm going to name them. And, and that was kind of the deal. Like, like if you're going to be the host of the babies for nine months, uh, you get to name them, okay? Right. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll give some input, and but but that's how you fall because not everyone feels that way. Some people are like, yeah. boys, I'm the man, I get the boys. Girls, you're the girl, you get the girls. No, she named them all. Uh, of course, she she we talked, right? She sure. never said no. I'm gonna do this, even though you hate it. Right. She never did. That, not but. like the not like those urban uh, myths of the church where the wife wants it to be one name. And then when the man goes to bless it in sacrament the meeting, baby, she stands up. No, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. So yeah. Um, so she went with steel. So we actually have our two youngest are rock and steel. Um, and their middle name is all my boys, middle name. I saw president Hinckley's all of it. All the boys in his family have the same middle name of Bittner. Mm-hmm. And it was mother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my wife's maiden name is savage. Mm-hmm. So they all have the middle name of Savage. And this was before Savage was cool. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I, I think I have two professional wrestlers. I've got Rock, Savage, Smith. Yeah. 
and steal Savage Smith. I hope he doesn't have a lisp. Can you imagine yeah. like steal Savage <laughs> But there's no quotes on anybody's birth certificate. Good. I spared them that that pain of you know trying to explain that to every grocery store clerk in America. No, it's savage. No, no quotation. You know what? Forget it. Here, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just taking this with me. I'm not going to pay for it. A life their of middle crime. names are savage. Yeah. Uh, so we do have a deal with names. Now that I'm explaining this, I'm going. Yeah, we have some serious issues. My wife hates going from Sarah Savage because she was like that was an awesome name and now I'm Sarah Smith and it's the most bland name in America yep look what you did to her yeah see that's a that's a that's a topic of conversation I try not to I try not to bring up (laughs) well well hopefully uh like any good spouse she won't listen to this interview yeah that's probably (laughs) true uh I'll I'll ask her I'll say you want to listen to my podcast she'll say uh no, no no I have to hear you all the time anyway why would I hear more you Oh, that happened once. It was probably about four years ago. She said, and I thought it was going to be this grand compliment. She said, I envy people who listen to you on in the car. And I went that, thank you, sweetheart. Right. Cause she doesn't, you know, she's not a big praise giver all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she said, cause they can just turn it off. Uh, they can just, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what you were going at. Oh, okay. She said, it's easy. They just, just like that. Hank, you're done. Just like that. She yeah. said, I, I can't do that. Cause I, I, I do like to talk. Sure. I, sure. I do like to, I like to chat. I like to find out, you know, I would imagine, I would imagine though, not knowing Sarah at all, that she's also a little introverted to your extroverted. Am I correct? hundred percent, hundred percent. She's a, she could spend six hours at a piano uh, and just play that piano and not see a soul mm. and feel rejuvenated. So quarantine for her has been. Yeah, she's thriving. You're surviving. Yeah, and I'm going, I, where's the people? Where's yeah. the people? <laughs> right. So I got to meet them on my computer. My yes. friends, my, this, I love my computer. It's where my friends live, right? <laughs> she shouts from the other room. They're not your real friends, Hank. I know that's I'm like Richie lives in here. <laughs> I don't know him, but uh, he, I know he lives here somewhere. Uh, let's take a break again. We'll come back and we'll wrap this thing out. Uh, we have okay. three questions that we ask everyone who steps into the culture. I'll, I'll ask those of you and we'll see where else this episode goes. We'll come back I'm and excited. do that in the third block of the cultural hall. We check in now with Russ Wild all the way from a newly founded steak in Texas. Uh, not like a delicious steak, although the, the area now newly founded because of the mission edition in Texas may be delicious. I was talking about geographical boundaries for the church. Russ here to tell us about what's new on Living Scriptures. Hello, sir. On Living Scriptures, there's uh, lots of new stuff. It's, uh, I feel like they're gearing up for Pioneer Day. And uh, so so there's some more Pioneer content, some, uh, some uh, videos about Pioneer history and that kind of thing. Uh, of course, every week they have Latter-day News, which is something that my wife and I watch every week, I'd say religiously, but only because we watch it on Sunday. <laughs> the, uh, they update the, you know, the things that have happened in the church. They had Elder Uchtdorf uh, speaking to LDS Business College graduates this week. And, uh, you know, their temple updates are the thing that I like the most because you get to see kind of what's happening. Where else are you going to see aerial footage of the temple in Ecuador? Is it like, uh, you know, the thing between conference where it's like the world report? It's like that, but on a weekly basis? Uh, it's similar. It's, uh, it's I, I don't mean any disrespect by what I'm about to say, but it's not it's not as polished. Oh, yeah. Well, you're sure. It, you're putting it out on a weekly as opposed to every six months. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good and I and I I shouldn't say that, but I'm because I'm a TV guy by trade. And so like. 
it's not it's not as polished as a news broadcast, but it's you know just a good update of what's happening. But it looks good and it sounds good and it's you know it's you know five minutes of news about what happens in the in the church. My kids though this this week have been binge watching the Little People show, mm-hmm. and by little people I mean those little plastic play school action figures. Oh yeah, but they're not called little people; they're called weebles. Yeah, are they weebles? No, they're little people. Okay, it's little people. And they have a TV show that I never knew existed, and uh, it's on Living Scripture. So the kids have been watching that, and like the little princess castle, you know, it's it's like the play sets come to life. But that's what the kids have been watching. The Come Follow Me stuff, uh, we watch it every week because it's it's a good overview of the what's what's being covered. But it also breaks it down simply, so you're like, oh yeah, these people are from here, and they come around here, and you know, it's all about human sons and. Small and simple things, right? So you're able to so get it and be able to teach the kids anything that your wife or that you in particular are watching? Uh, my wife was pretty stoked that Rigoletto is <laughs> on in the in the newly edition things. There's a lot of that kind of stuff, those uh, feature films for families with those kind of things that were big in the 90s. A lot of those films have, are, are, are there and available probably to stream for the first time anywhere. So you could stream all that stuff. Like uh, she keeps asking like, are the kids old enough for the buttercream gang? <laughs> no, they're not. And uh, I don't want my kids in a gang, so no. So you can't. Nope. Buttercream or none, they can't do it. Uh, my favorite thing, and by the way, there is a link associated with this episode where you can find all of the uh, the material as well as get a free month of living scriptures. Look for the thing that says get a free month of living scriptures and click on it, and then you can get all this. My favorite thing uh, as we kind of close this thing out is and I'm not sure if you've seen it, but you set your kids down in front of it. You know, the primary song uh, sing-along stuff. Have you seen those before? Right, they, right. they have one um, special for the 24th of July for Pioneer Day. You know, the song Pioneer Children sang as they walked. Someone walked. has developed a loop that it just goes and walked and walked and walked and walked and walked it's an hour and 21 minutes and you can check that out on living scriptures of someone just doing and walked and walked and here's the deal because of the way the human brain works you wait for the and walked that's what i was going to ask when you get to 121 does it do that yeah and walked? yeah does the resolve can you imagine how annoying that would be <laughs> um i can't wait for my next road trip because i want to put that on repeat yep and walked thanks russ time for the third block of the cultural hall if you ever want to get in contact with us you can do that via the email it's contact at the you can find us on any and all of the social medias at the cultural hall and you can direct message us there or you know you can at us whatever the kids would say as far as that goes <laughs> uh, we would love to have you find us there at the cultural hall and contact at the And finally, if you like this episode, you like other episodes that you listen to, including those articles of news episodes that we do every week, be sure to leave us a review. It lets us uh, get more reviews, and that allows us more people to find us, and that allows us uh, more people listening. So go ahead and do that wherever you're getting this episode. Uh, Do the five stars. If you're going to do a a one-star review, just keep that to yourself. Yeah, go ahead and send that to me, and I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to get it get it where it needs to go. So Hank, uh, someone was telling me that um, they think we would be friends. Uh, if if like if I had friends, I'm notorious for not having friends, like real friends. You know what I'm saying? I yep. keep myself busy enough. They're like, if if you had friends, Richie, I think Hank would be your friend. 
Do you feel like that's the thing? I 100% agree. My, my, I have assistant, I have an assistant named Lisa and Lisa told me, cause I was like, okay, what do we, you know, what do we got this week? She's incredible. Like I, I would not, I would not be able to function. I would not be able to succeed in life mm-hmm. without, without Lisa. Um, and my wife feels the same way. So do my kids. Yeah. Um, They're anyway, like, we're able to uh, have time with Hank because Lisa schedules time with exactly us, right. with so the she's, family. She's like, you're going to like Richie, right? You're going to like Richie. And she, and she, she does not say that about everybody that, you know, is scheduling through her. Uh, she says, good luck. You know, I can sense it in her voice, but right. she's like, no, he's so fun. He's so easy to taco talk, taco. He's yeah. so easy. to Listen, I'm thinking about tacos too. <laughs> he's so easy to talk to. I think we would be friends. I think, uh, I think, uh, do you have, is your wife quiet? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I, then, then it would work. Right. Cause yeah, if, when you're going to be friends with somebody, if your spouse isn't friends with their spouse, right. Doesn't click, then you, you know, you're not going to see them. I mean, you can be friends, but you're, it, you know, or you get like that uncomfortable ward friends where like the two that are friends sort of hang out and the other two sort of stand the in other the shadows two are, yeah. and they're like, listen, church ha- hasn't been three hours for a long time, but you guys are pushing it to three hours. Yeah, uh, yeah, can we that's please exactly, leave? exactly right. I've had friends and I've, you know, we've, we've gone out as a couple and my wife's like, nah, right. That's not going to happen again. Uh, so they, you have to line up. The husband and wife have to yeah. line up. So yeah. I think this would work. It's kind of like dating, which I think is sort of a weird way. I don't want to make that. <laughs> it no, it really is. We're not is. taking a leap any further with that. Only that yeah. like you're courting to be like, do we fit? Are we like, right. are we travel companion friends? Like, right. Could we, doing? could we go on a cruise? Could we, could yeah. we you know, go on the, the, t- you know, the two family vacation? Uh, and when you find one, you got to keep them. Yeah. Yeah, you because, go to great lengths to do that. Yeah, yeah, we still have for, we still have a couple of friends from when we lived up in Salt Lake, and we'll make the drive up to see to see the bowlers because hey, it clicks, yeah. it works. Yeah. Right? You don't want to go through the entire interview process to find another one. Yeah, no, no, too much work. Let me yeah. ask you this: can we can we get a timeout for men going? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard of uh, people have dropped that idea a couple of times to me, and I'm going, I, I. I don't know how you would get people to sign up because even when we do marriage ones where men are invited, mm-hmm. 95% of the tickets are sold to women. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it would be impossible. And unless the wives, I guess, could buy tickets for their husbands, but then they'd buy tickets, send them off and the husbands would go to a movie. Uh, so we'd have to have some sort of drop-off service. Well, I no, think, I just feel, I just feel like, I feel like within the church and I'm being sort of serious. Okay. You want to, you want us to focus a little bit more on that? I, I just think that, I mean, dudes within the church sort of get the bad rap, right? Like heaven, there's so many more righteous women and all the singles wards, there's more women than righteous men, right? And I right. feel like it's because we just sort of discount men within the church. Hmm, that's that's an interesting thought. And I think I do it too sometimes just um, non, not on purpose, just in the way I teach. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you're going to, especially as a male teacher, if you're going to like poke fun at somebody, right? You're mm-hmm. going to poke fun at the boys. Right. You're not going to poke fun at the girls. Uh, you know, and so if I'm going to do my impression of you know a missionary, it's usually going to be a dumb kid, right? Yeah, like dumb, dumb guy boy. missionary, sure. Yeah, I'm never going to do an impression of a dumb girl missionary. Because no, then you're a joke. sexist jerk, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the subtle messages of that is, you know, there's not a really high expectation for you. Uh, right. And we'll just, we'll build these women up and you, like you said earlier, right. Hang on to the coattails and you, you try to get in. So I think that there, there is something, uh, something there. And, but I, you know, I've never, I've never seen someone try the conference route for men. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the idea of, I'm just going to focus this on men. Bob Millett did a couple of books 
um, probably 10 years ago about, you know, men of valor, mm-hmm. that kind of thing where he's, he was targeting, uh, I think that, that audience, right. We're going to talk about stepping it up as father and, uh, and husband and, you know, just, just male church member. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never thought I've, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't thought about it enough to have an opinion. Um, but I, I, I think I do subtly sometimes make fun of boys too much. Sure. Well, and I bring this up because I, I want to, I, if you can envision this, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right now and okay. see this. I can see your eyes, so thank you for closing them. I appreciate this. Uh, yes. <laughs> I want you to see the marquee out in front of the place where the, the speaker's names go, and I want you to see Hank and Stedman. I just want, I, I want you to see that there in case you don't hey. know my last name, Stedman. I just want to throw yeah, it yes, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe he doesn't know. He, he's been calling me Richie. But so, so Hank and Stedman, timeout for men. Now, I think that the approach is we get them with a little bit of like comedy, a little bit of levity, food, tacos, like you brought yeah. up. It wasn't Freudian, man. You were thinking of tacos, the delicious meat that we're just going to dive into. You get some of that there for the men, and then we Voila. surprise them. Surprise them. Boom. Here's here's what I would do. Here's what I would do to make sure that the tickets get purchased. Because again, women purchase tickets. Men don't usually purchase tickets unless it's a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think what we do is we'd say, "All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna first do a men and women session, mm. right? And then we're gonna come back together, eat, and do some comedy, right? So that right. means there's some accountability of I'm gonna get there because she's you know she's a, made the arrangements." Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I would love it. Let's do it. Sign me up. The cultural hall. I don't know. Time out for men. Let's, let's do, especially for men. If your listeners want this to happen, then they've just got to, they've got to email, you know, the cultural hall and say, I, this has to happen. I will fund it. Right. If we, I'm sure you have a couple of listeners who, yeah, we got seven. Yeah. Who are billionaires who are like, we got two of those, two of those. I will help fund this. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. The one thing about conferences, it's interesting, is uh, people will say, well, why do you charge for your, you know, kind of a spiritual, inspirational It's priestcrafts. That's simple. Yeah, yeah, it's priestcraft. And I'm going, well, if you gave me 10% of your income, I will absolutely do all of this for free. You sure. just keep, I'll, you know, because they'll say, well, the church is, offers everything for free. And I'll say, yeah, well, they, sort of, you yeah, know, they, yeah, have a, they, have a, they have a lot of donors. Uh, so we'd have, to, we'd have to get someone who wouldn't mind, uh, you know, funding us. Well, and bit. if we get uh, if we get uh ice cream associated with it, I feel oh, like yeah. it's not I feel like I think the thing is with time out for men if we can relate sports to it. I know in these sort of waning moments you're a huge jazz mm-hmm. fan obnoxiously you, so. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, it, it's I'm one of those do you do you yell at the TV ever? I I, I yell at the TV. I you know, uh I grab the person next to me and shake them. Sure, I, it, sure. It's bad. It really is. But if wrong. we could if we could figure a way to bring sports and mm. food and like just not like overbearing amount of gospel stuff, but like right, yeah, just yeah, to, you yeah, know, yeah. like gonna... like okay, I feel better about myself kind of thing. Like yeah. that is the timeout for men. Man, you've got a you've got a great mind. Uh, because you wouldn't want to replicate the idea of timeout for women no. because there's so it would be it would have to be completely different. Yeah. All right. Where's the listener that's gonna make this happen? Uh, Who's out there? Who is out there listening? Gail right Miller, now? are you listening? Yeah, Gail Miller. We'll get if Gail she... or uh, Huntsman. <laughs> One of the Huntsmans. Got to be yes. listening. Yes. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, I think he's busy running for governor. Ah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, there's more than one. One's running the yeah, paper. Yeah, we could get yeah a, a huntsman, uh, a Marriott maybe. Yeah. I bet a Marriott. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Tons, tons <laughs> of Marriotts. Listen, Hank and I will do it. And maybe there's something about Smith and Stedman. That's kind of a little bit more aggressive. I like that. It does. It sounds manly. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It sounds like a gun. Yeah. You know? Oh, you got yeah. your Smith and Stedman? Right, right here right. <laughs> indicates his hip. <laughs> I got my Smith and Stedman. Okay, I like it. All right. Uh, I think we might be friends. I don't want to com- I don't want to commit to it, Hank, cuz I, I feel like this would work out really well. Yeah. We need when when you can go back in restaurants with people um, and you know, and not have to sit across the room from each other. We'll, we'll do this. We'll I, go out. I feel like I would be your crazy friend. Like you, like you just kind of hang on to me. Cause you're like, he needs to make sure that he knows where home base is. That's why, right, yeah. that's why we're friends. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I can lead him gently home when he, yeah, when I, he I'd, I'd egg you on, egg you on until you crossed a boundary and I'd be like, come on back. Yeah. Yeah. Come bring bring back, it back. Yeah. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> All right, there's three questions we ask everyone who steps into the cultural hall. I'll ask those of you now. The first question is, Is do you have a calling right now? And if so, what is it? Oh, it's my favorite calling. So I, I got released from the high council about a, a year ago. And That's they made my me favorite, gospel. getting released too. Yeah, <laughs> they, they made me gospel doctrine teacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's it's for, for a BYU religion teacher, it's like asking a plumber to come plumb the church for an hour on Sunday, right? It's so does just, it feel like work? Because that description makes it sound like it's terrible. Uh, but it's simple work. Okay, it's not okay. overly difficult, right? And and you and you don't have to, you don't have to really think all the way through it, right? Mm-hmm. And go, oh, what am I going to do? Uh, like when my wife was primary chorister, man, that's a hard calling. Sure, and she's always trying to be creative and come up with things. I'm going, I just do the same thing you did last week. They like that. She's like, they're no, kids. they're like the Borg. They assimilate, right? <laughs> they don't like, they don't like repeats. So, well, and the other thing that I think would be super hard. And for a short while, I attended church at the uh, Joseph Smith Memorial building where the prophet oh, really? attends his church. Right. Yeah. And I can only imagine how difficult it would be to teach Sunday school to the prophet. And so oh. similarly, you're no prophet. Don't get a big head, Hank, but yeah, well, thank you. being a gospel <laughs> doctrine teacher and having Hank Smith sitting there, I'd be like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm struggling. Hank, what do you think? And then I just yeah, that happens so and... much. It happened all the time, right? You've been quiet today. That happens in my elders' quorum. You've been quiet today. Why? What, what, you, do you have something to add? And I'm going, what? I've been quiet because I'm on my phone, right? <laughs> Don't... <laughs> I, I'm just like anybody else. Tweeting, I, tweeting yeah, here. I've been tweeting, live tweeting your lesson. It was really good. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I tried. I, I'm not a very judgmental student. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I figure most people are doing their best, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If you could pick a calling, either one that exists or make one up, what would you pick? Oh, man, make one up. I've yeah. never even heard of that. Uh, I love that idea. Then you've never been in a singles ward because I guarantee you that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, you're going to be the orange juice bringer. I, listen, uh, I was called to be, I'm not joking, and I don't know that I've ever mentioned this in the cultural hall before, but I was called to be the ward choir recruiter. <laughs> I didn't have to go to ward choir. I didn't have to sing in the choir. I didn't have to lead the choir. My calling was get people there. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I've had some, uh, I, I really, let's see, if I could choose one, I don't like meetings. I'm just not a meeting guy. I know some people are meeting people. They, they love meetings and I'm, I'm like, that's a gift, right? Yeah, a yeah. gift of administration. I, I, I do not do well um, in meetings. So I love teaching. Like teaching to me is the way to go. I really liked my calling on the high council for that reason, mm-hmm. because 
speaking a lot and I enjoyed that. Uh, but I think you just uh, hit a button and sound completely different now than you did before. Yes, I there we back. go. Okay. I put it back. <laughs> so, um, I would probably be like the, uh, 16 to 18 year old Sunday school teacher. I think that would be a fun calling. I, I've never been that, but it seems like a fun calling, uh, to me. So, or an elders corps instructor. Yeah. I think I would like being elders corps instructor because we could call it time out for men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> you could workshop this stuff. Do it. Right. I'll we talk to get, your bishop. We could practice. Yeah. We could see what works. Uh, anecdotally, do you find BYU, and I know you're not ever going to say things bad about BYU, and I also know that I shouldn't, but do you find that the culture of meetings at BYU is just ridiculous? Oh, meetings. I, I am not, I'll tell you, meetings to me are, uh, and I, you know, yeah, it's, I, I have to be very careful, right? Because sure. uh, I love my colleagues. Right. Uh, I love the leadership in our department. Uh, yeah, I am 100% in. Uh, but meetings just in general are, are I think, bound to be inefficient uh, in almost every way. We have email now. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think, I think we, we can stop this tradition of, 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 of meetings uh, because we have email. Uh, my phone keeps, or my, my microphone came unplugged. So um, I think I, I would love to see us say, hey, let's, uh, let's do more like, an hour, an hour meeting could probably be a 10 minute video. Yeah. Right. From whoever's going to lead the meeting. Uh, shoot me your comments. If you really care about this decision, come see me. Right. right. I have uh, to tell you this because I think you'll appreciate it. And I don't think I've shared this here in the culture hall and I'll go quick. Cause we're, we're at time. We're um, at time so I, uh, when I started from BYU, I worked for a commercial radio station before came down to BYU and people told me, yeah, they meet like crazy. And I'm like, that can't be real, right? Like they can't really, I mean, like, you know, it's the 14th article of faith. We believe we've had many meetings and hold many meetings and all the things, right? And it's like, (laughs) we want to attend that. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And so I thought, oh, so, I mean, maybe there'll be like an extra meeting. So for the first like four months, we had a meeting literally every day for an hour. And I, 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 it got to the point where I just felt like this is, this is too much. They were different meetings to be fair. Um, it wasn't the same meeting every day, but I just was like, I can't, I can't do this. So we're yep. in, we're in like the whole meeting and they're like, Hey, we want to hear your feedback. You know, what can we be doing better? And I'm like, here's my chance. And, <laughs> and so I raise my hand and I'm like, Hey, can we meet like 75% less than when we're meeting? Cause I feel like this is excessive and I don't, and I look around the room and I'm like, I don't know when you all get your work done, but I feel like. <laughs> Like right as I'm getting something about to be done, we have another meeting. And then by the time I'm done with the meeting, I have to kind of follow up the dumb things on the meeting. And then I don't really get back into it. And then there's another meeting and then I go home. So (laughs) can we meet like 75% less? And you would think that like I had, you know, taken my temple recommend and torn it up in that meeting. (laughs) Everyone's like, (gasps) right. And then. They're like, yeah, I mean, we can definitely look at that and we, we appreciate your being. To, and and to me, it really was at a point where I just was sort of breaking as far as yep. a, as the I, job goes. Here's the problem. My problem is I teach New Testament mostly at BYU. Mm-hmm. So I teach the four gospels over and over and over. And I rarely see Jesus going to meetings, right? He just is not in meetings. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's out healing people and talking to them and teaching 
right? So in my way, <laughs> I think my state president just, he put up with me, He's such a good guy. Cause I would always, you know, I'd raise my hand and say, why are, why, why are we meeting again about this is on the high council. He said, well, we need to meet because of this and this. And I was, Jesus didn't have a lot of meetings. Yeah. And he'd say, yes, you've told us that before, yeah. Hank. Thank you. Yes, you've, yeah. you've mentioned that a couple of times. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. I, I just don't see, you know, Peter writing down. Yeah. And then we had a day of meetings. Yeah. Right. And Peter said, I guess I'll scribe the notes for this meeting. Right. Uh, well, let's do walking meetings. Right. Let's do walking meetings. Any, I'm okay with walking Anything. Meetings. Yeah. Uh, so I get out of that meeting and I, I kid you not, probably a dozen people. <laughs> they come over. Found me and they were like, oh my gosh are you worried you're going to lose your job? Are you, you know, <laughs> are you, are you like, I can't believe you said that. And I just was like, guys, too many meetings. I, I, I? I, can't, I can't do this. I literally cannot do this job anymore. And, and to that credit, you know, we don't, we have maybe 50% less than when I started. So I take yeah. that as a win, but. I think you'd like the religion department. We're pretty, over the time that I've been there, pretty effective with our meetings. I think they realize that most of these professors want to be in their office sure. getting work done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I have to get a degree if I work in your in your office, though. So okay. not worth it. I will welcome you with open arms. I really will. If you sing me with open arms, a uh, little journey, <laughs> I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat. But otherwise, tough luck. Last question yeah. we ask everyone. Uh, what's your favorite part of your faith? Oh, wow. What a great question. Oh, there's, uh, there's so much, there's so much, right? I, I, oh, I teach this stuff. I, I, this is my job, right? I'm just so, I feel so blessed that, that I get to do this. I realize that there's other jobs out there that are, that people are very fulfilled by, and this isn't the end all be, be all job, but I feel very blessed personally by having the job that I do to study the scriptures and to teach the scriptures daily, right? Mm -hmm. That's my, that's my, it's my job. Um, mm -hmm. Probably uh, something that I, way back in 2005, Elder Bednar gave his first real, you know, full length talk in April. Tender General mercies, Park. right? The tender mercies of the Lord. And uh, I remember hearing it and going, oh, that was a good talk, right? And then I read it and I thought, man, I really like this idea of individualized, personalized blessings. Hmm. Um, and so I, I started... Um, just kind of watching for those more in my own life, watching them, you know, as other people would tell stories about when they felt like the Lord gave them an individualized blessing. I ended up doing a talk like, I, you know, I do a talks on CD. I don't know if anybody knows. I'm not what sure CD what a CD is. is. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they still sell to grandmothers, the talks <laughs> on CD. Uh, but uh, I did one called um, He Knows You. And it was based on this idea that I think the Lord's ministry is still, even in his resurrection, a one-by-one one ministry. Hmm. Uh, and that, to me, has become, has become one of my favorite parts of the faith is uh, not just— I tell my students this often as we read the New Testament or you know any other scripture. I'll say, we're not just going to get to know about Jesus. We want to get to know him. What's he like? And I think that talk, combined with my work after— uh, that talk was given was uh, something that that paradigm shifted me right mm -hmm. like in the gospel it really shifted my my view from a macro Jesus who blesses us all which he does to a very micro personal level one by one I still like blessing you remember Elder Bednar said the redeemer of Israel is eager to 
give us these personalized blessings. This isn't this isn't a chore. He likes this yeah. part. So that to me is is was a that's what came to mind when you said, "What's your favorite?" Right. That's that to me just stood out among everything else. It's interesting when I talk to people about uh, Elder Bednar and I'm like, yeah, future prophet Bednar. And they're like, you don't know. And I'm like, guys, yeah, you his, do. his age and longevity and future prophet Bednar. And they're like, not if. And I'm like, OK, all right. They're, when it happens, that's fine. But yeah, you can I think see, the, uh, the odds are in your favor. Right. It, it's the, like 77 percent. Right. There's that online oh. statistician that's like likely for this person to be a prophet in his lifetime is like 77%. When Elder Bednar was called an apostle, he had a senior in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Still at home. I yep. can you imagine going to seminary and your dad's on the wall, right? You're like, <laughs> oh wow. I guess he's watching me. Yeah. They're like David Jr. Yeah. Right. <laughs> your father is watching you right now. You so watch yourself. I, uh, I am I even say in that talk, come on, President Bednar. We'll, we'll all be like, I remember when he was just a young whippersnapper, right? Um, he'll still have the same hair too. It'll be gray, but it'll be the same, same hair. It's starting to, I've noticed we digress. Come on. I'm not going to read all your books. (laughs) Which one should I read? Do you have a favorite? Oh, I love, well, so the two books that, uh, I, the, the ones that I worked really hard on are, uh, be happy book. I love that. I mean, there's some other ones. I mean, I, I slept together some stuff and well, right. whatever. I took the page. Well, that really? But. That's how it works in, in, in writing. You're like, well, did I, do I want to work hard on this? Cause it's not going to sell very many, mm. or do I really want to put my soul into this? So my mom can really feel, uh, so look up, be happy. Okay. I just loved how that one turned out. That's and a shorty, up. right? That's nice it, and yeah, edible. it's not too long. Yeah. And then I just did one last year called living the parables just from my new Testament class. And I've gotten some great feedback on that. Just, uh, I wanted to do something different than Talmadge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if people want to read Talmadge, Jesus the Christ, it's of course, you know, the go-to standard New Testament, you know, in our culture. So I wanted to do something a little different just to give a different perspective, not to disagree with Talmadge in any sure. way, just to say, hey, here's something, here's a different way to look at that, at that parable. So those are my two right now, but uh, you can find them at the DI. Yeah, uh, I think I have my own shelf right yeah. next to John. By the way, yeah, there uh, it is. Yep. <laughs> and and pick up his talks on CD. Why don't you? Well, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body, and that if you're yeah. not healthy enough to listen this week, that you'll be healthy enough to listen next week, and that when the time comes, you'll be able uh, to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back. 